back again. We're back. Thanks for joining in, everybody. This is the uh, bars open with Beth and Greg last call. So thanks for joining again, Albert. Um, you've probably seen a couple of these, a few of these so far we've done. Um, basically, we're just highlighting folks that have had incredible careers and had pretty nuts <laughs> careers. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we're going to get into today. So this is number four of uh, our conversations, kind of okay. going over your, your background, your history, your career, like I said. So pretty incredible. So we'll jump in. Um, I want to recap, and thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Um, I want to recap real quick. Just last time we talked about um, you transitioning. In, we got into some of the DEA, kind of like several years into the into your DEA career at that point. So some of the undercover work you'd started out doing, the challenges you faced on some of that. So let's talk about kind of the, the it's, it's hard to talk about 10 to 15 extra years of your career or so in an hour, right? <laughs> but I think we've got some pretty funny stories, some pretty incredible stories to kind of cover today. So we'll jump right in. So again, thanks to Salbert Castro. I'm lucky enough to have him join family He's, he's my father-in-law, so I'm, I'm lucky to have him as a father-in-law as well. So <clears throat> when we kind of jumped in, we, we talked about quite a few things last week. And uh, we've been doing these for a few weeks now. But um, you really, some of the stories are just incredible, you know. And you, you think back over your career and, you know, what, I mean, the, what are the things that kind of stand out to you when you think about having a 24-year career as a DEA agent when a department starts like that right yeah you think about yeah, that yeah yeah well you know one of the things that's still in my mind is the some of the cases that i made yeah and i wondered how i survived right and uh, uh it was hairy at times I, I i know that once or twice i had guns put to my head to my ear i had one time the guy put a gun under my and they always said something like i know you're a cop or you're an informant. Yeah. And, I would, and how the fuck do you like think through that? Like That's it. See, I, I would always say, well, if I'm a cop and you kill me, you'll be dead within three minutes after you kill me because if I'm a cop, there's got to be other cops around watching. Watch, yeah. If I'm an informant, I would have the money to buy the drugs that I'm trying to buy from you. Mm -hmm. And the guys almost always, it almost always worked. He says, well, we just might want to make sure. I said, yeah, They're trying to that. scare you a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Right. See, again, um, let me repeat what I said once at the beginning. Okay. When I became a rookie uh, a police officer, uh, my FTO, that's field training officer, okay, uh, who checks me out, and for the and at the end of the six months, he says, yes, he made it. No, he didn't. He's not qualified. But anyway, okay. he, he, he told me once while we're driving around, uh, you have to be afraid. Yeah, you mentioned that, right? The day that you're not afraid, that's the day you're going to be killed. Doing any of this line this of work, any law enforcement, right? Says, right. <clears throat> and of course, Excuse me. along with that is nervousness. Don't overdo the nervousness. Don't make them see that you're nervous. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which, and, and, you know, to me, working undercover was a challenge. Yeah. I'm going to get you. That was in my thought. You're mine. You're gone. Yeah. Once you start dealing with me, it's a done deal. You're going to go to the pen. I knew that. Yeah. It was no doubt about it. That's crazy. So I always kept that in mind. Yeah. I'll stay afraid because when you're afraid, 
keep you on your toes it or keep you your wits toes. about you? You're looking at his hands. You're looking at his eyes. You're looking around because they always have guys around protecting well, him. Right. And so you try to identify when you see. It wasn't hard to do. And so you're always, you know, you're afraid. Yeah. And, of course, nervousness. There is a little bit of nerve in there. And I got nervous. I don't, I'm not going to lie. It's right. Absolutely. Similar. I mean, it's but a hairy thing. But I try to keep my cool. Right. Yeah. And, and, and always I tried to intimidate the guy. And I would say, if you try to rip me off, you're dead. Yeah. Right? And I always had a backup, the money man, they called him. Mm-hmm. And it was either Rudy Gonzalez or Bobby Hernandez. Bobby lives in Yuma. Okay. You met him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, he was my. We did together quite a few cases. And with Rudy Gonzalez and... Uh, uh, so I always had a, a backup. And Somebody you really trusted. Right. And these guys were solid. So yeah. That was, you knew those guys going to, like oh, you said, going to have your six and, and just. They were fearless either, too. Yeah. yeah. You know, Which is incredible. I mean, you just think you're not the only one that was in. I mean, so that's the other thing. How many partners do you recall having over the years <sighs> as DEA? Okay. Started with. Uh, you don't need to name them all, but. No. Of course. One, <laughs> kind of a. <laughs> Six, six partners. I think the longest one was with uh, Jerry Courtney. Okay. Who now lives in Rocky Point, Mexico. Oh, he actually moved down to Mexico, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. Nice. But uh, he's a great guy. Yeah. A great artist, too. Is he? Oh, yeah. And, of course, the next one that stayed with me a long time was Dwight Stocksdale. Yeah. He, I inter- he wanted to be, go undercover. <laughs> so I said... You know, he wasn't an undercover agent before that. No. Okay. So he says, I, "I need to go with you." I said, "Sure, you'll go with me. I'll introduce you." Yeah, but I'm a gringo. That's all right. That's okay. Money doesn't care what race you are. Right. That's true. So, so I introduced Money's him money, a couple right? of cases. Yes, sir. And he worked real well. He was my money man. There you go. And he was big. He's a big guy. Yeah. Um, he had big old arms and. And he always looked very serious at the guys when I'm negotiating. And the guy would look at it's him. It's like and, intimidate, trying yeah. to intimidate. And the guy, the, the, the crook would look at him and they look at me and, and, and he'd go, what's with him? He's just, he just watching. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it was good. That's cool. That's awesome. He lives so, in North Carolina. Yeah. That's where he is now. Yeah, that's when he retired. That's where he's from. Last, okay, that's awesome. So that's, that's interesting because, you know, you think about all the people that you came across to, you know, just in your career, because yeah. you you worked with <clears throat> a lot of different agencies. Oh, so you yeah. worked with the FBI. You worked with, yeah, of course, Customs with, uh, yeah, and Customs, and uh, and then the local police departments. Yeah, We've got oh, a pretty funny story yeah, to tell yeah, here yeah, in a second. Yeah, the local police department was great. Yeah, and the reason we used them because if we were working a case and the agents were stationed around looking suspicious by the people that lived in the area, they would call the police. Okay. And in order not to burn the case, as we call it, they would the police that were assigned to us would get on the radio, stay away, stay away, you know. Okay, so, so they could hold them back yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they they'd okay. know yeah. that there's something else going on. That's or, important yeah. to have yeah. that interagency kind of yeah. work, right? Exactly. So one of the funny stories you, you've told me in the past is um, the the you and Rudy were working a case where. I'll have you tell the story. It's funny as shit. Um, you had the uh, the mechanic. Oh yeah, where he had a great that was a sale. Really funny case. 
Yeah, we, we were driving around. It was a slow week. We had not had a case in one week. We always had two or three cases going a month, sometimes yeah. four cases Okay, a month. that was going to be another question. Like yeah. How many cases yeah. do you have? What was your case yeah. load? So that three or four cases a month. All right. We were always busy, always. And There's we, a lot of drug dealing but happening. this was guess, a right? slow week. Okay. And uh, we just driving around, checking out addresses and checking the cars that they were driving at the right. different bars. We knew what bars they hung out, so mm -hmm. we wanted to see who was meeting who and yeah. all that. Yeah, I mean, you just going to have a drink and, and you just we were going by there on uh, uh, this one street in south, south, I guess it's south, south San Antonio, yeah. Anyway, uh, and Rudy goes, uh, you know, I've heard that. That's a mechanic there. Yeah, I see he's got a car up on change. You go, yeah, that's a... I heard he does heroin. I says, would you... For who? I said, an informant told me, but he wasn't... It didn't, he didn't confirm it. He just kind of heard it through the... I says, why don't we just drive up and, <laughs> and check it out? Yeah. He says, you sure? Yeah. So I'm driving my Continental. It was a white signature series, you know, the kind yeah. of... Fancy. Talks to you yeah. and all oh, that yeah. other shit. And so we drive up the driveway and we go up and he come out right away. And he looks around all over the place, and he goes, you know, never said a word, just goes, like, what? Yeah. And so we made the sign, you know. We pointed to the arm like that. So he walks up to the window and says, so you want some of that good stuff, huh? I said, yeah. Well, I'll be good. I'll he didn't how question, you, like, anything. You're just a random yeah, dude off, yeah. a couple of guys off he the says, street. He much, says, how much? If he looked at the car, he knew we had the money. As a drug dealer, from like, if I was a drug dealer, I think I might want to have a little bit more yeah. caution, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but this guy was, a, he was greedy. Yeah, yeah. So so he says, how much do you want? I says, well, how much can you do? He says, I can do ounces. I says, is it good stuff? He says, yeah, I can cut it at least two or three times, which is not that great. Yeah. But anyway, I said, right. well, we can take two, two ounces. Yeah, come on in. So we walk into the... It's like you're getting yeah. a fucking... Buying a yeah, Coke or something. Like buying pizza. <laughs> yeah. So we walk into the living room, and the first thing I see sitting right up across as, from the door as we entered was two narcotic guys from the SAPD sitting there. And they looked at us, and then I looked to my right, and there's two DPS narcotic guys sitting on the couch. And Rudy and I looked at each other. We almost almost broke out in a laughter. I said, this guy's got the house full of narcs. He has no idea. So he says, just make yourself at home. Guys, give me some time. It take me about 30 minutes or so to go get it. And I'll bring you all some tacos. <laughs> on top of it. So this guy's fun. a salesman. He's a salesman, isn't he? Oh, this guy. He's like, he's, like, he can bring, he's bringing yeah. it all. Tacos. And he, and by the way, he was a mechanic. But anyway, yeah. he leaves. And when he leaves, we start looking for things around, signs of this, that, and the other. We found our address book with phone numbers and names. Everybody's taking notes and everything else. And then we looked at each other. We all cracked up. Yeah, you would. I mean, everybody, we're all laughing. And, and I said, uh, well, guys, goodbye. It's all yours. And we, we walked out and... Well, he got busted later, but man, we were going in the car, left all the way back to the office. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's the stupidity. That's what I, that's kind of the, we've talked about this in the past. It's like, I mean, how, how do you go about, you know, just some of the stories you've told? And again, we've got some more. This today's going to be kind of like storytelling session yeah, today because yeah, yeah. there's some pretty fun ones. Just the dumb shit people do. Like, oh. I mean, that's because you see, like, okay. So there's TV shows that kind of glamorize it a little yeah, bit, yeah, right? And yeah. it's like, oh, they're rich and they're all this. But most of the d people are not the rich 
super no. rich no, no. Escobars and it's people doing dealing yeah. two or three ounces of this or that. Or, yeah. And right. we always ask for a quantity to see if you could come up with them because we classified, I shouldn't say this, but we classified based the, on the weights or something like that yeah. on how much. Yes. Yeah. And that would make sense. So if you had a hundred pounds of marijuana, it's worth a class something felony yeah. or something yeah, like exactly, that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it also uh, had to do with the sentencing. Okay. So if you have, it's, is it because it's intent to distribute versus something? Uh, it's possession. It's number okay. one. The first charge is possession. All right. Second charge is, is, is country, a distribution, which is he's selling it to us. Okay. Distribution. The next one, if there's two or more, is conspiracy. Ah, so, that's where the case, okay. Yeah. And so, you know, by the time it's all over and done, he's looking at 45, 45 to uh, 60 years in prison. Because you've got three or four more charges against yeah, charges, exactly. That's so. crazy. That's crazy. So, um, there. So Albert back in the day was um, credited with the largest cocaine seizure. Was that in San Antonio history? Yes. yes. At that time. At that time. Yes. So how big of a bust? Like, what did it take to get a bust like like that? When you're saying largest, like I tell you, that was a very hard case. It took 18 months of undercover work. Met with a guy at different places for 18 months. Yeah. Uh, he wanted to do it this way. We wanted to do it that way. And every time we met, we tried to decide how we are going to do it and all that. But in the long, at the end, uh, he decided to bring it to me instead okay. of me. So, Said he, you going to him? Kind yeah. Of thing? Okay. So uh, we ended up seizing... 110 pounds of cocaine of pure cocaine holy shit yeah. so what's it like back then what was the value of something like about that? a million and a half two million that's that's crazy i mean i've seen like current when they're trying to they're yeah they're not anymore well, you can get a, an ounce of cocaine because back then an ounce of cocaine went anywhere from 1500 to two thousand dollars an ounce okay okay that's crazy so and, now it's and, yeah, and if it's very pure it was up to three thousand dollars an ounce okay so it, it just depends on how what, how many times it's made or cut. No, you don't cut cocaine but once. Oh, you don't, okay. Cocaine gets ruined if you cut, cut it more than once. Okay. And some of these idiots did it, though. Because they they they're just trying to spread it out as yeah, much as they can. Yeah, and whoever uses it gets a kick sick. at that time, but it doesn't last because it's being cut too many times okay. or, or whatever. So you ruin the cocaine. So. Okay, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just kind of funny things, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, some of yeah, those things. Yeah. So I asked him earlier if you've ever gotten any famous people. And said so not necessarily famous, but just bad. Yeah. Bad yeah. people, you know, yeah, famous this, for being drug dealers. Yeah, this guy. I don't guy, know if that's a good this, way to be guy, famous. Infamous, maybe. Yeah, this guy on that cocaine mm -hmm. at one time had worked for the CIA. Oh, what? Yeah. What, he... Just because at that was time, he an eight, like he worked or he was an informant. No, or no, he was, was a, probably he, an informant. Okay, but I'm I know he had ties to the CIA. Okay, uh, at the time that Daniel Ortega was the president of uh, Nicaragua. Okay, and he brought in Russians and Cubans to run the country with him, and everybody had to wear these gray uniforms. Interesting. Uh, uh, for three days, and then you would change and would wear black uniforms, you know, like overalls. Yeah. Overalls. That was the law. And if you violated it, you didn't get X number of food. Like the people in the country, like the, the citizens? Yeah. Had to do that? Yes. Oh, I. That was heard. what, under Daniel Ortega. 
uh, it was socialistic. Yeah, all that is absolutely yeah. Okay, and they had to get in line to get groceries and all that to get anything. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but then uh, of course he was, he finally got defeated by uh, Mrs. Uh, the lady president, and I can't think. Chamorro. Chamorro. Okay. Chamorro defeated the guy, and he ran away, ran off the Cubans and the Russians, except the ones that had gotten married to Nicaraguan girls. He'd let them stay. Okay. And a whole bunch of Cubans had stayed, who then later on got together and opened up a tobacco-type company, and now they're exporting tobacco. Interesting. How, how they switched over. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's interesting, yeah. So um, when when you were, uh, there's a there's a funny story about, you guys were chasing after somebody. Yeah. And we, uh, <laughs> comical. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We had been watching, we had been watching these this is funny. people for a while. And then the two smugglers got the dope and were going to deliver it. I believe they said they were going to deliver it to Corpus. And so we started following them. And they noticed that they were being followed. Yeah, and, okay. They took off, and we took off. And Fred Turner, my rabbi, was a front lead car. Okay. And he's driving. We're doing 65. You in the car with him at the time? Yeah, I was in the car with him. And he's driving 65, 70 miles an hour and bouncing all over the place. And I'm trying to hang on for dear life. And he's got a a gun in one hand. And And he's driving. the other (laughs) one. And he's trying to use the radio. And uh, he gave it to me. So when he needed it, he says, I would give him the radio to talk. And uh, were you a, like a junior agent at that point or something like no, a, you've been around for a long time? No, no, I was a police officer assigned to them. Oh, this, okay. This is pre DEA. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so he starts, it's, a, it's worth it. He starts shooting. And the next thing I know, he, he gets the radio from me and he goes, shots fired, shots fired. They're firing at me. And you could see sparks hitting. And I said, wow. And, uh, and, so finally, so you're you know, just like, of, what the, f- yeah, <laughs> what's well, going on here? Yeah, exactly. You know, and all of a sudden, Tom Gilbert, who was a great friend of mine, yeah, a customs agent, uh, passes us on. He had a Camaro. He passed us up, and they finally stopped the guys, arrested the guys, and all that, and uh, they couldn't find a gun. And so, so where were you guys? What was he thinking? They're like ditching. Yeah, they ditched yeah, the gun somewhere yeah. or something. So, so one of the agents goes, oh, Fred. That was his first name, Fred. We, we didn't find a gun. Well, him, they must have thrown it out. So Tom Gilbert walks over <laughs> to the car and calls EJ. And he come over. And they started laughing. And I, and I says, what's up? He says, he was shooting himself. He was hitting <laughs> his car. <laughs> oh, no. So Fred, they weren't shooting at you. You were shooting your own car. And, you know, because he's of, going. Yeah. So, of course, he was embarrassed and all that. Yeah. And he says, this does not get out to anybody. <laughs> I'm the boss, and I'm saying this does not get out That's to hilarious. anybody. Shooting his he's own goddamn car. Shot his own car. So, That's funny. And then I'm sitting there. Whew, that was that was funny. <laughs> yeah, you're going 70 miles an hour. You think you're actually getting shot at? <laughs> yeah. But you, yeah, your senses are so crazy. That's yeah. nuts. So, um, I'd mentioned earlier, you became quite the gardener when you're at home and you're off time. So we'll kind of shift a minute here real quick. Just to, to your off times, again, that's, I think that's important because it's, it wasn't always just like on the job. 
No, you no. know, you were no. you were a homebody. It was you were at home, actually family it, man. It, it was my therapy. Yeah, it was my therapy. And the guys who at the end, if there was nothing going, they would go to the nearest bar for happy hour. Yeah, I'd go home. Right, because be I, I spend hours and hours with these guys. I want to sitting in cars. Yeah. And so I would go home, and I loved gardening. Yeah. In fact, right now I got some nice gardens. Yeah, he's got some nice. Yeah, yeah. But anyway. Uh, I would go home, and that was my therapy. I was, you know, relax, spend time, relax, come down. Yeah, you know, and my adrenaline stopped at that point. And some gardening and all that, and just relax. Oh yeah, with family yeah. and cook. Yeah. And yeah. I barbecue. I barbecued a lot. Yeah, because my wife he's, says you got to do some cooking. I yeah, said, yeah, he's quite the yeah the accomplished. I got a wonderful oh, wife. Good. Wonderful. Absolutely, Iris yeah, was she, amazing. Yeah, yeah, she she backed me up. Never. Complaints because many times I would call her, hey, get the kids ready. We're going to go eat out, all right? And halfway to home, I would get a call. And I would have to call her, babe, I can't make it. You go over with the kids. And she'd get angry, of course, disappointed more than That's anything That's really, yeah. But that wasn't like controlling. I, yeah. I knew that. But she always backed me up. Whatever yeah. you do, it's your That's job. Amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. your job. She was an amazing, absolutely amazing yeah. woman. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Many and, times I left her at the altar, as we say in DEA, where you call and make plans, and then you have to break. Like, Damn it! So, yeah. you, so you you say we left her at the altar. Yeah, and that's the that's the thing with that job. It's it's really it's not twenty four seven. No. Yeah, I mean, it's just whenever things are happening, they exactly. go down. They've exactly. got to be ready because, unfortunately, drug dealers aren't. You know, yeah, <laughs> they don't work on a regular schedule. Oh, I had one you know? working undercover. On this one guy, yeah, who before him, because we would knew who he was, and our our guy surveillance would follow him. He always went to church, and went in, and then came out, and then came in to meet me every time that he I was going to church meet, first. He would go to church first and pray that he wasn't going to get arrested I, by a yeah, DEA agent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the guys would, you know, you'd have one of the guys who, at this time, we had a couple of good female agents. Okay, and. Uh, they would go in, you know, making Pretend, like they were parishioners yeah. or whatever. And every time, we met four or five times, each and every time he'd go to the church before coming over to meet me. And I said, well, good. So when we busted him, <laughs> I says, you know, all that praying, you better keep on doing it because you're going to the joint, as we call it. Yeah. And you're going to need to pray a lot. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. He's going to have to keep on hoping his prayers were answered at some yeah. point. He didn't get a insane sentence yeah no no i'll tell you uh, i there's so many things that happened while i was one of the compliments i ever got was from this one female drug dealer yeah and uh i was i was there my wife wanted to go see that he's never been to to a case so to I a court her, case and i was going to testify and uh she and uh, a, pro, a semi-professional football player were the two defendants on it, yeah. and uh, she decided not to fight it because she was busted. Yeah, yeah, she was busted. And you know, she, when she found out I was a undercover agent, she says, "Pled guilty," hoping that instead of getting the forty-five years she was facing, and they did it. It, it worked. They it, got fifteen instead of forty-five. Yeah. And as she was going out, she stopped, smiled at me. He says, damn, you're good. <laughs> and he kept on walking. So that's the thing. It's like when you get a compliment from like the bad guy, yeah, right? Yeah. That's better, probably a better comp. That's better acknowledgement oh, than like getting yeah, any yeah, award yeah. or but something. I'll never like that. forget her face. She looked at me real and he smiles. He says, <laughs> damn, you're good. Because <laughs> we met three times by the time we busted her, you know? Yeah. And the delivery was in the bathroom of the 
hospital downtown. You mentioned that. Yeah, that's yeah. hilarious, dude. Yeah. That's hilarious. Um, so you, there's other ones that are kind of challenging, and you've mentioned this before, and you mentioned this as part of um, a bust you did that was in um, – it was in Mississippi. Mississippi. We talked about that last time the show. Right. But there was another one where you had to bust a lieutenant from Alice, Texas. Yes. And it's hard. I mean, because busting a, another fellow law enforcement well, you, agent, you want nothing better, nothing more than to bust a dirty cop. Okay. Okay. And this yeah. guy's a lieutenant, and he's in charge of narcotics. Oh. And he would, when the border patrol, there's a border patrol checkpoint about 15 miles south of Alice. Yeah. And when they would make a bus, they would call, if it was under, I recall it, if it was under 300 pounds, they would call the city. Okay. Alice PD, and they give him the dope and give him the case. All right. If it was more than 500 pounds, DEA would come in. Okay, so it, okay, that yeah. brings down your case yeah. loads and it's, stuff like that. that so, so this guy would take, let's say they seized 200 pounds. Yeah. And they would call, and he would go and two of his guys. The two of the guys didn't know what was going on. The lieutenant says, take it to the barn right there. We'll have to burn it later. Yeah. And he would keep, out of the 200, he would keep 75 pounds. Oh, shit. And then because he's just writing it off as if it was going to be burned or whatever. Yeah, anyway. yeah. So then he would burn the rest because that's his. Mm -hmm. And then he would write in it, but then forge he, the he document. Kept and so uh, the informant was in jail for... Uh, I think of drunk driving. Okay. And uh, he wanted a break because his wife was pregnant and he wanted to be home when... Yeah, that so, makes sense, so, yeah. So the two things happened at the jail. But this is one of them. Uh, uh, he called... I, I, we, we arrested somebody. It's five or six of us going to jail with four defendants. And uh, the jail guard goes, Hey, here's DEA. And he heard that. He was in a holding cell about across the room. Okay. So the old, psst, you know, psst, and of course the old, who me? Mm -hmm. So I says, what's up? He says, give me, you can give me out of jail. I'll give you a dirty cop. And I says, really? He says, yes, but you need to get me. I got my wife's pregnant. I want to be home. She's due any day now. Mm -hmm. I said, what they got you for? DUI. I says, well, I'll get you. We'll go to, the magistrate, the night guy. Yeah. And so they did. I told the jailer, get him out. I'm going to take him to that. So we go, and I tell the judge there sitting. Real quick, does your authority supersede the local PDs? Yeah. In those, okay, because yeah. you're a federal agent. Yeah. Okay. So I go to the judge, and he says, what's up? And the judge knew me because I had seen him before many times. Okay. So what's up, Castro? I said, well, I've got an informant here that got into a little bit of a bind. And uh, he needs to be out because we're working a case. We hadn't started the case, but he. I said, we're working a case, and this would jeopardize the case. All right, well, uh, what is he in for? I said, uh, DUI, but he says he wasn't really drunk. Yeah. So the judge go, well, all right. He bangs it out, signs a paper. You report to this to me. You report to him at least every other day. You fail, you're going back to jail. Yes, sir. So I says, all right, let's go outside. Let's go sit down. Let's talk. Tell me what. Yeah. So he tells me, there's this lieutenant in Alice that's selling big-time uh, marijuana, mm -hmm. and I can introduce you to the guy. I says, are you sure he's a lieutenant? Yeah, he's got a badge, a whole bunch of I says, how did you meet him? He says, I, I, did a, I did a run for him. 
Oh, okay. So the guy says, are you from Alice? Well, I used to be in Alice. Now I live here in San Antonio. He says, but when I was in Alice, I did one or two runs for him. I don't know how much it was. I never asked. They mm-hmm. just said, take this car and park it and walk away. I says, so that's what he did. So I says, okay, let's do it. So three days later, he makes a phone call, talks to the guy, and he tells him he's got a good customer from Dallas okay. that's needing a good amount of marijuana. And he's got the cash because I've seen it, he tells the guy. So he says, well, we'll bring him over. Let's talk about it. So we go down there. He introduces me in some bar on the south side of town. And he looks at me and he says, you got any identification? I used to have false identification. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, sure. So he looks at it. It's a driver's license. He says, okay. Any else? I will no. That's the only one identification. I just, you know, I was, I was in the joints. I lost everything that I had. Yeah. Oh yeah. What were you in the joint for? He says, well, one. Uh, the first time I was in jail was for assault with intent to commit murder. So this is the back. This is the, this is how incredible, like having to be an undercover yeah, agent yeah. is. Is you had an entire backstory. Yes. All built up. Right. And 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 I, the name was from a real drug dealer that had gotten out. Yeah, you don't need to mention that right yeah. now. But yeah, but I mean that you can yeah, talk about yeah, that, but yeah. don't, don't mention and, the name. And uh, so he looked at it and he says, "So how much do you want?" He says, "Well, I'd like a thousand pounds." Yeah, I don't have a thousand pounds right now. He says, "I, I can maybe come up with a thousand, but shit. I need time." I says, "No, I don't have time." He says, "Well." Go back. Let me do something. Give me your phone number. And I gave him an undercover phone number. Yeah. And I'll call you. What so, do you have, like an undercover phone number answering yeah. service yeah. or something? Oh, we used it quite a bit. <laughs> like, did somebody just answer the phone? Hi. I was, like, in, <laughs> in one case, I was supposed to be from Albuquerque, New Mexico. So yeah. I, I gave him the phone number from Albuquerque, New Mexico. He would call Albuquerque, New Mexico, but it would ring in San Antonio. Hello. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that secretary would always answer yeah and she knew you know she we were she played the part oh too. yeah yeah that's amazing so anyway uh i waited <laughs> two days went by and nothing and uh, finally on the third day he still hadn't called that called the informant said what's going on he hadn't called he said well let me call so he calls the bad guy the lieutenant yeah and uh, he says, well, I'm trying to get a 1,000 pounds for him, but so far all I got now is uh, five or 600 pounds. Well, let me tell him if he wants that. He says, is he in Dallas? I said, yeah. He says, oh, I, I won't deliver to Dallas. He says, he says he'll meet you halfway, so which is San Antonio. Oh, so you're like, I don't even have to go out of town for this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he said, well, tell him about that, what I've got and see if he agrees. And so he did. And I called him. He said, well, tell him to bring it the heck there's a storage unit as you come into san antonio on the old highway 83 yeah as you come into cross roosevelt avenue right there's a a storage plant. i'll take it there because i want to put it in storage so he tells the guy the guy didn't snap i want to put it in storage i'm from dallas why would i want to put it in, in storage in san antonio but yeah it, it's said, that click and, and i said it oh, failed the fire i thought oh shit i screwed up there but he didn't catch it so that yeah. was good so he agreed to bring it and so he shows up. We bust the guy and a school teacher, elementary school teacher that was with him. And it was a very unique thing because he had a pickup truck with one of those diesel, uh, like the tank tanks with in, a the, pump back. in yeah, the back. Yeah, okay. And takes out the screws, takes the top off, and there it was, six hundred pounds. All right in there. Bingo. 
That's crazy. And then all, you know what, hits the fan because the mayor of Alice, when he finds out that newspaper, the, that their lieutenant just got page stuff from the, their DEA, their drug enforcement. And you'll see the clippings that are in there about it. Yeah. He wants an investigation of the police department. <laughs> That's crazy. And they wanted to subpoena me. And, of course, that my boss at that time was, uh, he died. He just, he just passed away here. But anyway, uh, I won't mention his name, but uh, wouldn't have it. He said, because that means I would have to say that I introduced by an informant, which then the, the defense would want the informant and all that. Yeah. So he says. Because uh, you need to protect the informant yes, as well. Always. That always. dude would get. Always killed in a second if yeah. they found oh, yeah. out, right? Always. So when they showed up at the office with a subpoena, the boss told him, "He said, well, he's not here. He's in El Paso." He says, "When is he coming back? Whenever he finishes the investigation, could be a week, could be two weeks. Who knows?" So he went back empty-handed. So that I didn't have to. That's good. Yeah. So what what ended up happening with that lieutenant? He get locked up for a long time. Oh yeah. He got yeah. The, the usual that almost but any other drug dealer. Well, would get. one I mean, of the charges more, was official corruption. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it, I was going to ask, is it more severe because yeah. you are a law enforcement? 10 years just on that charge. Additional. Okay. 10 years. And then you have the conspiracy because it was him and another guy and, and the law is two or more. is a conspiracy. Right. So that's 15 years. And then the number, the and pounds the possession is 15 years. And then sale or distribution, another. So he was looking at about sixty years of. Jesus. But he didn't. Ser- he, I think he pre bargained out of it. He, he only. I think he only served about, if I recall correctly, ten or eleven years out okay. of the sentence because they cut it down because of the plea bargaining stuff. Yeah. So you know, it was. It's, I don't care as long as, as he goes down. Right, and that's the key. It's, it's like you said. It's even, it's even. Is it worse that you're in law enforcement? That you you've taken a sworn oath. You know, to the United States and to your communities and everything else, and then that's right. That's you right. know, it's even more. And I'll tell you what: you take a note when you go to the DEA because of the amount of money you'll be. That's what I was going to say. He, like, so he and said, he, drugs will be around. Pictures that you have, you know, with millions of dollars yeah, in front of you. Yeah, yeah. If you were, if you didn't have the backbone that you had, some people would be swayed by that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just skim a little bit. Just skim yeah, a little this bit. Like they. They trusted me with $2 million. Right. Cash. Huge amount of money. You see the, the yeah. picture. I got a picture of it in those clippings. You know. That's life-changing money for somebody. I put. It's I, insane. To me, yeah. I put the money was in the safe in the office, and I slept in the office. Yeah, because it's $2 million. Me, <laughs> me and four other guys, we slept in there. Yeah. We went to send out hamburgers, and see, we stayed mm-hmm. all night long. Until we had to show it and then bingo. And then you put it back in lockup afterwards again, right? Just, and then the next day, about six of us take it back to the bank. We had armed, the money. Yeah, had those, you basically had an armed security team. Yeah, around oh yeah, all yeah, of you yeah, guys, yeah. 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 Now that's incredible because you think about that, yeah. And that's, I think, where I know you've talked about it in the past is, is with me anyway, is some of the corruption that happens like down in Mexico and yeah. some of the other countries. Yeah. Because those guys make what? pennies oh yeah right yeah to yeah. be in their their fed their Mex in mexico at, at that time was making 200 dollars a month right so think about that dollars and now keep in mind that of course there's 12 pesos to one it's still it's still not a lot of money not a lot of money right? and then and and the other thing is the drug dealers would come up to the, the agent confront the guy wherever he was 
and he says, you need to work with us. This is the way he used to say it. You need to work with us. So you either want plomo or plata, lead or silver. Okay. So you say no, plata, it means I'll take the money. Or you say, no, I don't want to do it. They're just going to kill you right there anyway. Yeah, you're going to, you're going to, well, they're going to kill a, you and your family and everything a, else, right? A, you're going to get a bunch of lead in your body. Right. So, which is scary as shit. In so most, most of the time, that's what happens, the right. corruption. But it goes all the way up into the big shots in the in government. Yeah. So, I mean, and how to, you know, that, that's, a, that's an entirely different, yeah. you know, conversation to have. Yeah. But that's where you can see some of, like you said, a $2 million sitting in front of a, 25-year-old Mex fed? It's like... <laughs> he probably shoot me and take the money. <laughs> that's right. I mean, yeah. that's that's incredible. So so I know there is... Um, you kind of going down that route a little bit is um, you worked quite a bit down in Mexico. Yes. Right? Yes. Like how... Did you do... I mean, did you work with the... Mex feds, but we... we let me put it this way. We were kind of... Didn't tell them everything... Or who we're working on because it, maybe they were on the payroll of the guy we're working uh, on. So we always say we have a case, and they will say we're we'll bringing it in. We'll go. We'll do it. And I'll give you an example because you could bust blow your everything. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, uh, I dealt. I made. I'm, I made a couple of buys from this one guy in mm -hmm. Laredo. All right. Okay. And uh, the heroin turned out to be pretty good. So then, when I asked the amount, I wanted a pound, sixteen ounces, and he wanted. Uh, Eighty thousand dollars for that one pound, and but the guy the, that had it wouldn't come across with it. Okay. So I said, well, if he won't come across, you know, if Muhammad doesn't come to the mount, the mount comes to Muhammad. I'll go across, and the guys, and so I tell my man what I'm going to do. And he, Are you sure you want to do that? Yeah, but I want you guys to go with me across. Yeah, there. you can't be by yourself out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I'm going into Mexico, and I don't know. I don't know who the next feds are, and. E.J. Lavelle kind of was from Laredo. The... He says, well, I know there's eight of them, but I know six only. I don't know about the other two. They're new, newcomers. Okay. But, uh, yeah, let's do it. So we had to get permission to get into Mexico, do an enforcement case in Mexico. Okay. So you have to be working with, with the, the Mex feds. Mex yeah, feds, yeah. okay. Yeah. So it worked that way. We crossed the cross. We went down there. The guy showed up in there was a about two blocks to the right of where we were was a house of ill repute. A house of ill repute. Okay. Okay. And the girls were hanging out in the wall. Hey, hello. You know, half naked and all that. And the bad guy goes, after we're done, we'll go have some fun with those girls. So I says, okay. I says, where? I need to see the dope. Well, do you have the money? Yeah. And I said, they had, you already saw it. Meaning the informant. And the informant says, yeah, it's all there. I counted it. It's all there. Believe me. I, I, so I said, well, here's the dope. He opens the trunk. And I give the bus signal. I put. I had a, a cap on. I take off my cap. That man hit us. Okay. Well, they hit us, but the Mex Fed didn't know I was a federal agent. And they beat the crap out of me. Oh, shit. And, and finally, somebody says, hey, 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 hold it. He's, one, he's the undercover agent. He's an agent. Oh, shit. I'm and so sorry. you're getting your ass kicked. <laughs> you know, my, my mouth. That makes it look real. Yeah. <laughs> my mouth was starting to swell. My eye was starting to close. They beat the crap out of me. Then they say, apologize. I'll buy you a steak dinner. The, right, right. The, yeah, oh, that's going to affect this. Yeah. <laughs> Rocky Balboa so, or yeah. whatever. So I said, jeez, guys. She said, why did you take so long in making, <laughs> making him stop? So that, 
That's that interesting. Was, so you started going down there and working down down in um, Mexico, Nuevo Laredo, Mexico. And there's a there's an interesting connection between you and a. I, I, I want to call him a famous agent because of what happened to him. And and there's a recent show out on Netflix. It's called Narcos. Oh, right? okay. and we've had this conversation, and it yeah. it talks about the DEA agent Kiki Camarena. Yeah. And he was a he was a great agent. So the key with this is that you were his training. Well, not or, really training, but we, we, we worked together we on work together. and I okay. had to tell him what to do, how I wanted it done. Okay. I, I, I wanted to do it to, to be both of us be safe. All right. So I we sat down and we talked about it over a beer in the long term. I says, Here's what you're gonna do, here's what you don't say this, don't do that. You know. So you kind of just help him. So you're basically and, training was, yeah. and you're training him, but you you've had already had quite a history being an undercover oh, agent. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, yeah, where yeah, when yeah. he came in. Yes, oh, yeah. The, the, yeah. He was he, still, a, he was still a, a, a police officer assigned to the office. Oh, so, he, okay, so he wasn't in... So did he have kind of a career like like where he went from the, a police officer to he, the DEA? DEA, yeah. Okay, so that's where that, that jump yeah. over happens. Yeah. Okay, that's really interesting because yeah. um, when... You had a you explained a case to me earlier where it was kind of like your first in, introduction to him, yeah, right, and where you go over that real quick, just kind of like what you talked about and how he kind of came in and how he was just really good at being undercover, I guess. Yeah, really yeah, uh, he was my money man. Okay, and I told the old man that uh, the money I had the money, but it was not. Right there. It was in another hotel. And the guy said, well, call him. So we had already told Kike and the other guys, the other agents, uh, that we were going to wait 10 to 15 minutes after I made the call to show that he had to drive from wherever he was to where I was at. He, okay. He's actually next door. All right. So sure enough, we uh, waited about 15 minutes. He knocks on the door. The guy grabs his gun. If it's not the police, because if it was a mixed fest, they would have knocked the door down. They wouldn't have knocked. Right. And he goes, oh, yeah, puts his gun back in there. So I open the door, and it's kicking. So he goes, hey, ¿qué pasó? I said, you know, what's happening? I said, well, we're ready to do the deal, Kike. Uh, you got the money? Yeah, I got the money. Is it safe? And he, I told him to act like suspicious and yeah. everything. He says, yeah, you know, it's only him. His sons uh, have the dope. Uh, Okay, if you say so, here it is. And so I showed him. It's a briefcase, a, a small a carry-on, like the ones you Bag. put on the yeah, yeah. canvas. So I open it up, and it's just stacked full of Mexican currency. I mean, stacked. The guy looks at it. He picks it at the bottom, pulls out a, a bundle, checks it, puts it back, jeeps down again under the very bottom. Make sure it's not paper or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Okay, then he calls his boys and... The bus took place. That's awesome. And so, that, he played a good role. Yeah. The nervousness, he's looking around, is it safe? The questions he asks. We had already schooled all of that up. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's important when you start thinking about, like, they, they, that's how he got into it, you yeah, know? Yeah, and that's yeah. where, you know, did you work any other cases with him? No. No, that was the. No, because that after the, that, I, I went into the interior of Mexico. And, oh, so you went farther down. Yeah. And he. he he was just assigned to the office on the border. Okay. So, in San Luis, Rio, Colorado, Mexico, Sonora, across the, the line is San Luis, Arizona. Okay. And so... Uh, 
So he would work there, and you were, like you said, interior yeah, Mexico. Yeah, I went back into the interior. Uh, they busted the people, the source for that family mm-hmm. in, in Hermosillo, which is about 60 miles further down into the interior along the coast. Okay. So that was a pretty... Yeah, because that was the father, his sons, and, the, and then their wives. Yeah, they all knew what was going on. So, right. Yeah, so. Because so that's the conspiracy portion of it again. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. Like, and then, but in Mexico, there's it's no different. conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. it's either you, you're a drug dealer, you got busted, and that's and it. They're going to rip the daylights out of you, and I don't, they don't care about conspiracy or anything. You're it's, going. You're going yeah, to go you're done. for 20 years. You're done. Yeah. How, so, and, 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 you know, this is the beauty of, of our system of justice yeah in Mazatlan I was there for a week beautiful time it hadn't been discovered yet by the tourists it was just a gorgeous okay. virgin city beautiful uh, there was a shootout there was a shootout with one of our agents in a Winnebago working undercover in the mount, the base of the mountains and they were attacked by about 20 so forcefully 20 to 25 bad guys shooting they wanted the money they didn't have the belt okay and they had to back out back out and uh rogers his first name i won't use his last name roger got hit uh on the on the on the eye came out by the ear the bullet it didn't kill him though no jeez. Okay. but anyway so it so happens there was a two trucks with soldiers on the highway heard the shooting because they're all 20 or 25 when we're opening. That look, that, that went to make it look like a sieve. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, they hurt, and they got there. The Mexicans identified themselves, told them what happened, and the, oh, the army just like ants went into the woods. And just hung They up. picked up anybody that moved. Yeah. Well, it so happened that they didn't pick, get this. They got these guys. And their jail has got about a 10-foot brick wall all the way around, or maybe 12 foot. And they put them all along the along that wall, mm-hmm. naked, which is totally on, not done in this. It's not state. machismo or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah. They're all naked. They're all standing there shivering because it was cold. They're sitting there. And uh, an agent, a federal agent, busted a guy at the airport with a kilo of cocaine. They brought him in there naked and put him along with the other guys. And they were starting to interview each individual, uh, the shooters. Yeah. And uh, it came time to this one guy that had busted at the airport, but he had been talking to the other prisoners, to the other defendants, and he knew all uh, what had happened, all that, and how much they were being paid. So when he... God is in there, and they slap him around all the time. And says, "What? What was your role?" He says, ah, "The only role I had was to shoot, shoot at the at that at that Winnebago or whatever. Winnebago, yeah, just shooting. But then my gun jammed. I didn't shoot, but about two or three times only. He was trying to, you know, that's trying to walk it back. Yeah. So, so they had slapped him around, and so uh, by the way, the agent that arrested him walks in. Where's my prisoner? What prisoner? I had a prisoner out there. There he is. What's he doing in here? So that was confessing to a crime that. He, that had nothing to do with it because he was afraid he was going to get killed by the Oh, I follow. No. Okay. Yeah. So this is the beauty of our system. You don't do that, number one. Number right. two, you, you got to advise some of his rights. And They're down things. there. You're, just, yeah. you're yeah. guilty until you're proven That's innocent. That's exactly right. There, you're right? guilty until you're proven. So 
the guy said, that's my prisoner. Yeah. A bunch of idiots. He says, we didn't know. He, he was in there. And, but the guy commit, or he, he confessed to it because he just heard all the stories yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, it it's his stuff. fault, not ours. And he had no idea. No. That's so. crazy. How did that, so after that happened, when you were, because you were an active agent at that point, <clears throat> how did his death, like, change? did it change anything of the work or did it make it? No. Did you press harder? No, it pressed harder, yes. Okay. All right. And uh, a bunch of us Hispanic agents went into Mexico. We're knocking doors down and all that, looking for kicking. Okay. And, of course, they found him dead. Yeah. But, but uh, they did great work. Jaime Kirkendall, who is now retired, who was from Laredo mm-hmm. and lives in Laredo, Jaime was the agent in charge in, I believe, Guadalajara. And they arrested one one of his agents and threw him in jail. The local police did because he was going around knocking doors and all that. Yeah. And somebody called and they got him in. And Jaime Kirkendall went in there. Says, That's my man. Release him. Now he's arrested. He pulls out his gun. I think you want to release him. Si, senor. <laughs> like they were. Yeah. He was, he had your backs. He was the oh, a, a, a he, great guy. Boss. Speaks fluent Spanish. Yeah. Jaime Kirkendall. Loves to sing. Yeah. Oh, loves to sing Mexican <laughs> songs. Because he was in Mexico for a, long, a long time. time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it did, I mean, but so yeah, in, I mean, it sucks at the ending of, for him, but it really did. He's a legend, really. Jaime. Is he? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. He was a hell of a You think about like the career and the people you've met. We're going to wrap this one up here because we've been going for about an hour. But, you know, you th- start thinking about it. It's, it's just in, incredible, you know. And there's... A hundred more stories just like the ones we talked to you yeah, talked right. about today. I right? could tell you I could go on for all a- yeah, and I'm I'm lucky enough that I get to hear a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I get to hear some of the background and there's more details to these stories that we just aren't putting out here. Yeah, and yeah. that's totally yeah. that's because you know you know how we got it from a point A, the the yeah. inter- introduction to the meetings at different places, it's, like on that eighteen month and mm-hmm. everybody kept saying, Al, Al, it's dead. He's not going to do it. Forget about it. I was, you I'm, kept pushing. I'm going to do it. And yeah. 18 months. It took 18 months, but it was one of the largest cocaine seizures in 1985. Right. Which is incredible, you know, and you think yeah. about that. So I think there's a clipping in those papers I gave. I'll find it. I, and I'll, once we start kind of, I'll start posting some of that as well. And just kind yeah. of just like photos of it. Yeah. It's public yeah, record yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. It was in, it's the, in the newspapers, so, right. Yeah. So. It's really cool. So with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up. I appreciate all you guys for watching. I want to say thank you to our military, first responders, frontline folks, and all of you. Thank you so much. This is The Bar is Open. Uh, Last call with my guest, Albert Castro. You guys have a great night. Thanks so much.